Welcome to Book and a Pint. In this episode, Michael and I are joined by Catherine E. Y. Bell, author of the Incarn Saga, to talk epic fantasy, martial prowess against toddlers, and the important things. Like, what's your favorite cheesy holiday movie? Welcome to Book and a Pint with me, Michael Levin. And me, James Jenkins. So, um, well, I think we took a week off. How was your trip? It was uh, really good. Had a really good time. Um, I needed a vacation, and luckily I got to take one. So, uh, yeah, uh, that is unfortunately, like, we didn't record last week, so apologies to everyone that was waiting for a new episode. And we're actually recording a day late because... I needed an extra day to recover from the drive home. Oh no, man. I get it. I, I need a vacation. Like I've, I feel like I'm going through this thing right now where I'm just like every day that is a little bit colder and every day that gets dark a little bit faster um, is just like more depressing. Like I'm trying to hang on to that last little bit of nice weather that we have. Um, yeah. And just wishing that I could um, just take one more trip, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, we're kind of at that point now, huh? And I don't know, uh, I don't know where you are in Canada, like how quickly it turns into that moose-filled tundra everyone hears about. But uh, we got a little bit of time. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like um, it can happen. I've, I've I've had snowy Halloweens before. Yeah, we get that here sometimes too. But Utah is weird as well, so. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad you had a good time. Did you get any writing done? A little bit, not nearly as much as I'd hoped for. Um, but so the, the trip was, we just rented this little house, like on the ocean side, there's literally a two minute walk to the beach and it basically rains the entire time, which for me is like perfect. And so I didn't write a whole lot. But I planned like three new horror novels, so I feel it was like a productive week. Oh, nice! Uh, you got to tell me. We'll we'll um, reserve our next non-guest uh, show to talk a little bit about that shit. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so you said that uh, a listener you had mentioned before there was a listener that had a little um, advice for me. Yeah, so uh, I want to just give a quick shout out to my buddy Damon. Uh, back in the day, he had a podcast called uh, The Spit Valve, which was one of the first podcasts that I ever like was a guest on on a regular basis. It didn't make it past episode 50, unfortunately. But yeah, he has a new podcast coming out soon called The International Internet Strangers. It's nice. apparently about uh, mixtapes and music and shit. So I, I'd probably be right up your alley. But, oh, uh, for sure, yeah. He let me know he's looking for a new podcast, so I turned him on to ours, and he uh, came back with uh, some thoughts about pineapple on pizza. And the <laughs> biggest one, the one that I was most proud of, is he was like, you know, the older I get, the more I realize it's not pineapple I have an issue with, it's ham. <laughs> uh, that, that resonated with me. But anyway, he threw out a, uh, a recipe for, I, th- I think you specifically. Um, I'm said, right, so you start with a base of barbecue sauce. I like that. Chicken 
pineapple, and jalapeno. Oh, dude, you can even dish good. the chicken, and it's amazing. I actually had a well. I started my diet like two weeks. I think remember the last time we did the podcast, but I started this diet like right after that. Yeah. So it's been a couple of weeks, but like right before that, I had a barbecue chicken pizza. Your barbecue chicken pizza is great, and it it's actually really really good. Yeah, from like you. I see things from your perspective as far as the fruit on pizza goes. And if like the tomato sauce is your issue, barbecue sauce is always a safe bet because like fruit and barbecue go well together, you know? So, yeah, this was one of those situations where we had like a, some other people and they had a special where you could get like three pizzas for like 20 bucks. So oh hell yeah! if I, if I'm, if I'm ordering a pizza with my wife and it's just like one pizza, she, she won't do barbecue sauce. Okay. Um, so you can't really split a base. It's like it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fair. But this was this was one of those like rare incidences where I was uh, able to get a barbecue sauce based pizza, nice. and it was so good. And I can see that. Yeah, pineapple would have. Uh, I don't think it would have ruined it. But uh, mm. yeah, no, I'm. I'm. Uh, your your buddy's podcast sounds cool. I'm definitely down to uh, check out some new stuff. So. Uh, you'll have to let me know about that, and I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll you know once it launches. But I wanted to give him a shout out because, as far as my career in podcasting goes, I, I, he's probably responsible for it. So, yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, what else? Uh, so you didn't get that much writing done. Um, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I finally put my box set out. So I have a little, a couple of little, little brief, uh, newsy, uh, newsworthy things about writing, about my writing. I did put my box set out uh, mm-hmm. for Cider and Ale. I don't think we've we've done a podcast since that happened. No, um, I don't think so. Last time we uh, talked about it. But. It rocketed to the top 16,000 um, yeah. based on a, an event that I put together. I hadn't done any promotion. This, this is boring author promotion <laughs> shit. I did. like this shit, though. So if our listeners don't, they can fast forward real quick. <laughs> um but I didn't do so, you know, I had that sometimes I get imposter syndrome. So I had yeah. been having that a little bit right before the release. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm gonna put money into shit, I'd rather put money into other people's shit than my shit. Um okay. so you know what I mean? I just I'm like, this is it's kind of a hobby for me. I didn't really see it as something that I'd be making money off of. Uh so I kind of like I didn't set up any promotions. I I you know had a few newsletter shares, nothing big. And mm-hmm. I just did this event to kind of tell everybody on my social media community that this thing was happening. And I went from like, I don't know, top 700,000 in the store to top 16,000 in the store by the end of the night. And then I was like, fuck, I should have done some more shit for this. <laughs> yeah. At least so, like top 100, man. That's a good feeling. Long story short, um, I did book um, a big promotional week um, where uh, I'll be doing a bunch of paid promos and swaps in early November, um, which will hopefully bring it, uh, I don't know, higher than that. Um, Hopefully that that launch day is the one you really want though, because that's when the algorithm's like most in your favor. I know I I might even, but it's still possible later if you like, you know, uh, strategize it properly. So I haven't decided yet whether I want to, I mean, I'm not going to call it a launch to my community, but I might, pull it and then launch again i don't i don't know um i haven't decided what i'm going to do exactly yet whatever happens it's fine because um 
you know, I have five, I have like 15 five-star reviews right now, which is kind of oh, cool. That's good. And uh, people seem to be enjoying it. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. On cooler news though, um, my co-writer James, who mm-hmm. uh, we talked to on the show, um, launched his box set for the storm below. And it's currently, I mean, it hit like the top 1500. Oh, nice. Like right all of the Kindle store? On the, the total Kindle store. And it hit oh, like wow, okay. number one new release in two different categories. And oh, now yeah. it's sitting at about 3200, but we have a couple more promos for him. So I'm hoping we can get him to crack the top thousand. That would be really Yeah, awesome. that'd be really good. How's it doing in its like individual categories? Is it? It hit, uh, it's in three categories where it's in the top 40. Okay, uh, good. Two of those categories, it made it to like number two and three respectively. Um, mm. Fantasy anthologies and fantasy anthologies and short stories. Okay. And then it, it, it moved to, I think 16 was its top position in sword and sorcery fantasy. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I was really, I was super happy. He was really happy. Um, yeah, I'm sure he was, yeah. You know, he doesn't get, like, too, too excited about stuff. Um, at least on social media, he doesn't. In real life, he gets more excited about shit. But yeah. um, <laughs> but he was he was messaging me all the time saying, hey, man, it moved up again. So, <laughs> yeah. from, coming from him, that's, like, that's a big deal. Um, and he's really good. I wanted, I really, this was, this was a really big one to me. Um, huh. I really wanted this one. Uh, both for the publishing company, for the notoriety, for yeah, for everything. I just wanted, I really wanted this to go well. Plus, you know, we write books together, and uh, it was important to me um, that his thing, his baby, this was his very first series mm-hmm. uh, that he put out without any fanfare at all. Um, it was important that this be the one that that get him the recognition that he deserved finally. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I get that. That's awesome. Guys only put out forty books. You know, only. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. He's he's a lazy fucking bastard. He's got to write some more books already. Like just I feel like off. I know you're talking about him, but I feel like you're directing it at me. <laughs> no, you really are a lazy bastard. I, God, I'm, no. just, uh, I'm just being sarcastic about him. Um, <laughs> no, I know I'm, I'm only kidding, man. Everybody in their own. T- I can't be I can't be the motivational, inspirational dude I was two episodes ago. No, I'm going to no, turn it around not. that quickly. Um, and speaking of which. Uh, we have some fan mail. Oh, awesome. So, as always, um, they come in twos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are we going to do our good one or our shitty one first? I'm assuming it's the same guy again. Well, I don't know. You see, I've got another theory about this. But I get, So, okay, let's start with this one. Okay. Okay. Where the fuck are you, assholes? I feel like I've been waiting way too long. The fact that you make me wait is yet another reason why you guys are the worst podcast out there. Seriously, did Michael pull a groin muscle this time? I deserve the right to listen to your shitty podcast that I hate, by the way, and that's in brackets, every week without interruption. Cliff. Fair. Cliff. Now, if it is the same, didn't he say his name was Clint last week or two weeks ago? I think ago? so. So we got, we got two... Uh... Two C-word fans. We gotta do. We have to do some investigation on this because I'm, I'm leaning towards the same dude here, but he does have a different name. Kind of sounds like serial killer stalkery. If I'm being 100 <laughs> percent honest, sorry, uh, Cliff. 
<laughs> so, sorry, man. You know, we we, uh, we are entitled to a life. We're entitled to take vacations. And I'm entitled to pull whatever fucking muscle I want. But no, to answer your question, this time it was Jenkins's trip that it was threw us my off. fault. Yeah, not not me being an old fucker. Um, all right, and then we got this one. Okay, so so get this. All right, you gotta. This okay. is. I figured I would I would let you kind of decide on this one. Okay. Um, dear Michael and James, oh, she got my name first. Um, oh. That's sweet. Uh, I loved hearing both of you read from your newest books. It was truly an inspiring twenty minutes. That astounded me to no end. Well, thank you. Wow. Um, would you guys be able to write a story about my cat, Bill? I really love my cat, and I think he deserves a great story. Maybe he can get superpowers and fight an alien named Steve, who is also a cat, but like a space cat. That would be a sick story, especially one written by two guys that love cats as much as you do. Don't worry. I understand if you need to put your current workout first. Does March sound okay? Love, Rachel. Oh, no. Um, uh, he, she must have heard that you do this thing where you draw yeah, something. And... Yeah, so I, I do that for Christmas every year is I get a different, like, sibling or uh, in-law that will request a specific type of story from me, and that's what I do is their Christmas gift. I mean, I wouldn't mind writing a short story about a cat. I mean, if I'm being honest, but I don't know where I'd put it in my schedule because, as Michael stated, I'm a lazy fucker, and yeah. I don't know if I have room for a new project like that. And this seems like this seems a little more like my kind of thing, like a like a space cat and somebody yeah. named Steve. I, I always I have, have a. I have one story with like. A, a super intelligent fox but i haven't even released that one so it's definitely more your brand yeah i don't know uh rachel i'll think about it i, I always like to put somebody named steve in my stories it's actually true um really yeah for some reason if i'm if i want to have like a bunch of characters that have like really majestic names um always a steve. like the 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 foil will always be named steve that's fair yeah like even in, in the max the captain uh volume three when they have to choose their their mount and they've got this dragon and a griffin and then the, like a, an asshole wyvern um uh -huh. the dragon and the griffin have these like majestic like um draconis the brave or whatever and then yeah. the other one's got like um something the lionheart and then the other guy's name is steve it's just That's a thing that i do I, again i feel like there's some stalker level shit happening here yeah i feel like some of these fans like I'm pretty sure they're all Canadian, too. So I think a lot of them just hang out in your backyard. It's kind of the feeling I get sometimes. It's weird. And I heard my alarm, an alarm system, and I heard it beeping. Like, So there's like some type of programming malfunction or something. So I, I think it could be these people. That's possible. Anyway, uh, thank you. Continue to uh, send in that fan mail. We always love to, uh, to hear it, even if it's uh, just me writing fake shit. Did I just say that? Uh, no, no, I definitely didn't. Um, this is real fan mail because uh, we are that loved. Um, what else? Uh, quickly before we call Catherine, mm -hmm. who would like to be called Catherine. Catherine, um, got it. Yeah. Um, so I will be putting out uh, a portrait of Dirk, which I forgot to mention. Uh, oh, yeah. Much sooner than I thought. 
because I finished my writing on it. And um, I assume gonna... James finished like a month ago. No, no, he actually hasn't started yet. But, oh, shit. All but, right. he'll, but he'll finish it in two days. No, he's, he's finishing his 10th book in this series, like in the next, like, I don't know, two weeks. And then right after that, he's going to jump into his section of this. Okay. So I'm already announcing that I'm going to try and get it out by Christmas. I don't, I'm not going to do heavy promo on it because it's a standalone and it's weird. Uh, it's more yeah. going to be the type of thing that uh, I put up there and I, I push it to social media and it'll be like the ginger in the sushi boat in between uh, like a palate cleanser. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh just because it's the best time for him to write his thing before he jumps into another thing. And uh, I, I think I thought it would be cool to have a standalone in between two series. Yeah, that makes sense. I respect so that. that's what's happening. Um, I watched Deadpool 2. Oh, nice. Had, yeah, which I had never seen. I just felt like watching it. So I grabbed it on um, on iTunes and I watched it. Um, yeah. That was a good movie, man. Yeah, I still hold that I think that's the best of the X-Men movies so far. I think it might be. First of all, I loved it way more than Suicide Squad. And there were yeah. there were elements of, of, I mean, you could see that it, that there were some similarities between yeah, the, sure. the, the um, satire of the writing. Um, I loved his fourth wall breaking in this. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, I found myself getting really emotional. Which is yeah, really it, weird. it does a good job. How'd you like the? Uh... Well, it's been out long enough. I'm just going to spoil it. Uh, Juggernaut's theme song. <laughs> it was it was so awesome. Did you know that Ryan Reynolds actually uh, yeah. played Juggernaut as well? I didn't realize that until afterwards. Um, yeah, it's in the credits. I didn't either. It's like, oh shit. I don't but know. I, just, I, I love when that I, scene starts and that music just starts up. It's so good. A movie. That is that I told like my kids wanted to see. Can we, can we watch Deadpool? I'm like, you won't watch Deadpool until you're fucking 35. There's no way. There, there is the PG 13 version. Oh, Once Upon a Deadpool, I which heard about uh, it's it's good. It it kind of the action scenes are feel a little neutered, honestly, because obviously it's edited down. But all the shit with Deadpool narrating the story to a tied up Fred Savage is actually worth the ratings downgrade. Yeah, I got to check that. It was worth watching again. I don't yeah. know. I just, I just thought that it was, it was kind of perfect. Like a movie that is clearly not like, it's meant to be, um, you know, not taken too seriously. It's obviously meant to be funny. It's like, everything. but it still very much respects itself and its source material. Yeah. Which is and huge. I, and I found, I mean, this guy, everything he says is, is ridiculous, but yet, when he needed to play it straight for a couple of scenes, like the scenes with him and I don't even, and his uh, girlfriend, I don't, or I don't even know that. I don't know the name of the actress that plays her. She was really good. Uh, um, Domino. No, no, Dom, not Domino. Wasn't the girl. Oh, oh, his girlfriend. Uh, oh yeah. What is her name? Her name was Vanessa in the movie. Cause I just watched it yesterday. I, I don't know her. who the actress though. It's actually going to kill me if I don't look it up. Uh, da, 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 uh Morena Baccarin. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. saying that wrong but yeah. when when they were the, the scenes that they were in together were like i i was like convulsing i was sobbing yeah. so much because it's like you know like my worst night i don't i don't care this movie's been out for years yeah, yeah. Um, we can spoil it it's fine but like um the way the way he loses her and yeah uh it's just and then that scene when he gets a chance to well he thinks he's dead yeah um 
And then he goes back and he finally gets to be with her. And he walks through this little, um, like there's like um, like an invisible yeah, a wall uh, between like a invisible wall that he steps over uh, from one side to the other, and all of a sudden he's not scarred and burned anymore, and he yeah. just looks like Ryan Reynolds. And he gets to be with her again, and then she tells him it's not time, and yeah. she says, um, "Go be with your f word," because at one point he says uh, to the kid, um, "Family's not an f word." Right. Okay. And I thought that that was just so well done. Yeah, that movie was great. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm uh, it's my, I'm gushing about a movie I, that that's been out for like <laughs> what three years? Not for that's a while. Not... Which, I'm okay with the man. I love that movie. I, I I do like I said. I stand by my opinion that it's the best Marvel movie, or not the best Marvel, the best X Men movie to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was so good. So and I don't know if you've heard the news about Deadpool three. Um, it's a direct sequel to that one. But it also will exist within the MCU, since Fox now well, owns X Men. All the Fox stuff is is making moves like that. Like apparently, I didn't. Um, I haven't been to a theater. My kids want to see Venom too. So um, that's Sony owns that one, but yeah, oh, apparently there's a nice uh, the after the credit scene of that one ties it into the MCU as well. Yeah. Okay. I, so I don't want to spoil that one because it just came. I haven't seen it yet either, but someone because we all it. watched Venom together. Uh, I told them that I we would we could go see Venom too in the in the okay. theater. I don't know if people will look at us at me at my wife and I like we're insane for having kids in the Venom movie or yeah. if there's other kids going. But they've seen the first one and it wasn't like there were a few swear words, whatever. But they're like, we won't use them. So I'm like, okay, fine, as long as you don't use them, I'll fucking use them for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can't use them. You don't say that shit. Um, then, I know this uh, is random. But you know my favorite fact about uh, the Venom Two movie? No, is that I Andy Serkis directed it. Okay, what did he? What did he do? What He's else, Golem what else? from Lord of the Rings. Oh shit! Yeah, fucking That's Golem right. is directing Venom. Apparently, That's he's done right. a lot of directing work. I just this is the first one, like the big one that I've known about. That kind of I should I should have known that. It's done really well though. It's made a yeah. lot of money. It broke the uh, pandemic box office record. Um, yeah, I need to go see it. I really want to see it. I haven't seen the first one yet, though. Oh, you haven't seen the first one? Oh, the first. No, one's I don't a... know why. I just missed it for some reason. Yeah, well, that was like me with Deadpool too. Everyone yeah, said fair. it was really good. Um, I just for some reason, and I liked the first one. I just didn't get around to seeing it. And I'm Venom I'm glad is really Venom is really good. Uh, yeah. Tom Hardy was amazing. Uh, he usually he's always, is. Yeah, he's always good. But you have to think like if you like what he did with Bane and the in the Batman movie. Uh-huh. Um, he does this in a similar way. Like he's really good with scary voices. Okay. Um, and uh, the, the CGI is cool. It's, it's, there are some shocking scenes and uh, it's just a lot of fun, but I hear the second one is even more fun because they, take, yeah. they took all the, the fun elements that mostly come in towards the end of uh, Venom. Once him and the symbiote are kind of, uh, kind of working together, working together a little bit, and they've got their kind of humorous thing, which goes along a bit with the Deadpool sort of motif. Yeah. Um, apparently, that everybody loved that, so they play up to that ten times more than they were. Okay, good. So, um, yeah, so that's it. So, uh, new books, old movies that I'm mm-hmm. gushing about. That's basically what's going on this week. Yeah, uh, and then on top of that, 
we have our guest, as you mentioned, uh, Catherine Wibble. Hope I'm saying that right. Uh, uh, so I've heard that's another thing. I've heard her. I've heard people say like in podcasts and shit, Weibel, 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 Weibel. Okay. We'll, I think we can. We'll get her to her, clarify that for us. Yeah. But we'll either way. Her, we'll call her, her Catherine Weibel. Weibel. Okay. And if, Catherine and, Weibel. And if we're wrong. She can correct us. <laughs> if she doesn't, it's on her. Uh, by the way, she is the author of the Incarn Saga, as well as several other novels. Uh, and yeah, we're going to have her on and talk about writing, other stuff, and all those important things we usually talk about. Can't wait. Uh, Let's do it. We bring her on? Yeah. Let's get her. And we're back with our guest tonight, Catherine Weibel. How are you doing, Catherine? I am doing well. Awesome. Glad to have you with us on Booking a Pint. Sorry about uh, our one day delay, but. Uh, yeah, sorry. That's my bad. It's yeah. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> so, Catherine, um, the purpose of this show is not necessarily to talk all that much about the type of things that you will answer in just about every other interview, but. I would like, we would both like you to have a little opportunity to tell everybody who you are. Um, we've already mentioned uh, your series a little bit, but, you know, so talk about yourself, talk about your writing, um, talk about the Incarn Saga and what it's all about. Um, yeah, just let everybody know who you are. Okay, well, as you said, my name is Catherine E.Y. Bell is my author name. And I'm an author of various high fantasy, epic fantasy series. Depending on the series, they could be uh, ranging in young adult, new adult, or adult genres. I think today we're going to be focusing predominantly on the Incarn Saga, which is my new adult uh, war shifter series. And that one pertains to a kingdom called Elasia, where both humans and a race of shifters known as Theramorphs, begrudgingly uh, live uh, within the same kingdom. The humans are actually the ruling party, and in the past, uh, relatively recent past, finally won the war with the Shifters and conquered them. Since then, the Shifters, which are the Theramorphs, were decreed to be equal in the eyes of law, but um, the tensions between both races are high. Think of it as like pre-Civil Rights America, there's ex, um, extremely high um, racism and distrust between the two parties. And the book series begins where a third party comes and starts uh, laying siege to different villages along the coast. And uh, the core premise in the first book is can the fairy morphs and the humans put aside their odds and work together to defend their kingdom? Sounds cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, the... Uh I actually, first of all, I love your covers. I'm sure you've heard this before, but they're absolutely thank phenomenal. Thank you, thank um, you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that necessarily judging a book by its cover is the way to go. However, it's something that I can't get away from. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how you guys feel about that, but for me, um, call me a snob. I don't really care if I see a a book with a garbage cover i usually won't end up reading it i think that's un it's an unfortunate thing but i think it's also a true thing i mean people are very yeah. visual oriented and so you know if you have a well designed cover 
um, it can draw people in. I mean, the, I guess the rule of thumb in the writing community is the cover draws people to read the blurb on the back or on your Amazon page, and then that gets them to buy and potentially, you know, read the first page, and the first page leads to the next and so on. So covers are important, but uh, that doesn't mean anything to, you know, the a book with a poor cover could be an amazing yeah. But it's just hard. One good cover will get you one person to buy the book. But if your writing's bad, they're never going to buy that second book or recommend it to anybody. So, yeah, it's super important. And I will admit I do it, too. But it's not the most important. Yeah. I mean, I've I've definitely been uh, duped by um, amazing covers and uh, lukewarm content before. But it's definitely um, it's it's that it is that foot in the door for me. Yeah. Um, if I see something, if I see something really striking, it'll almost be like, well, I want to own that. I want to have that. It's kind of like the way I, I've always been with books uh, now more on my Kindle. And it used to be with physical books where I would know that there would be absolutely no way that I was going to read any of the books that I was buying. Um, but I would buy them anyway, just so that I could have yeah. that beautiful set of books sitting on my shelf. It's the reason like, you know, I still haven't fully read Malazan, um, but I have them all. I still haven't fully read Wheel of Time, but I have them all. Um, <laughs> I'm actually I mean? just starting that one, so wish me luck. I know it's a long series. <laughs> well, it's timely now too. It would. Um, I I'm tempted to go back to it. I read up until book six, uh, and I was really enjoying it. I didn't. Uh, we've talked about Jenkins and I have talked. Yeah, about we this talked on about the show a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people when they were reading it, um, and waiting in between the, the releases, uh, they said things like, oh, by the time you get to book six, nothing really happens that it really drags and it's slow. Um, apparently this was more of a, of an issue for people that were waiting like yeah. however long in between books, but mm-hmm. it hasn't had the same effect on people. Uh, that have been able to read the entire series straight through. Yeah, if, if you don't, if there's no wait between books, it's a little. I could go on forever about Wheel of Time. That's the thing that got me into fantasy. Uh, used to be the first like four books are very self-contained, almost standalone stories. Mm-hmm. But he had a longer turnaround time between releases, so fans complained. So he started releasing shorter books, but they didn't have those satisfying endings. Ah, oh, yeah. So the fans complained. <laughs> Well, I guess that so, goes back to yeah. the whole thing is an author has to understand they're never going to satisfy 100% yeah, exactly. of the readership. You just have to go with your gut and kind of keep true to your uh, intended plan versus then. At least that's my philosophy. But. Yeah, that's a that's a good philosophy. I think. It's a good one. I mean, like, I know that there are going to be a few people that don't like that seals drink beer in my books. Mm-hmm. I'm still upset about that. They're going to wish that they drank something else, like that they drank tequila. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you know, you gotta, you gotta go with your heart. And my heart said, no, these seals are drinking beer. And I'm kind of glad that I went, that I went in that direction. So, um, you can't please everybody. Exactly. Um, okay, so I did have a question for you. Um, cause you had mentioned, uh, shifters that it was, um, a shifter based fantasy. And I've been, uh, we had another guest on, uh, recently that also wrote, shifter fantasy i'm trying to remember jenkins you remember who it was it was recently it was I'm not that old was it our last episode <laughs> <laughs> are we both that old um well 
I can technically be old enough to start having the dementia kick in. You can't. You've got no excuse. Anyway, doesn't matter. We'll figure it out after and we'll put some editing notes in. Um, What is it? And I asked this question. I know that there's like a whole, there's a mass appeal and a huge audience that uh, resonates towards shifter um, fantasy. And I'm I'm wondering, oh, it was Maddie, uh, Madeline Dale. Okay, yeah, there you go. That's what yeah, it was Maddie that that um, wrote the um, uh, releasing her power within is the first book. That's uh, the phase shifter series. That's what it's called. Um, so, and I asked her what 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 she thought the appeal to um, uh, shifters was. But I'm curious what uh, what in your opinion is is the mass appeal or the the appeal uh, for that type of fantasy that's just so um, so big for so many people. Well, I think it also depends on what type of fantasy you write. I know that I well, I feel that the majority of shifter fantasy lists towards romance. And in that sense that I guess people um, having a romantic counterpart that in your novel, like a hero heroine, that um, is more than human can be appealing to people. And so I know that may be a pull and, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be shifters, but again, the whole fantasy romance that is a big draw is what if your character is a vampire or werewolf or again, shifters are very big right now, especially things like dragon shifters or um, non living animals. But for me, I mean, I, my pull of it was actually going back to my, I have a very strong, heavily connection with animals. And so Growing up, I always I um, got certified as a wildlife rehabilitator. I was apprentice dog trader. I've worked at zoos. I got a degree, um, my base degree in uh, psychology with the emphasis animal behavior. So I always knew I was going to incorporate animals in some way in my books, but I didn't really approach it because necessarily shifters are popular. It just was the way it would make my book work. Nice. That's cool. That's a very different answer um, than we got last week. Um, and I, so do you still um, emphasize a lot of romance in your series or is it sort of less focused on the romance because you are coming uh, at it from a different perspective? I definitely um, tone down romance when I have it. I mean, it's important always to have, uh, I, you know, some romantic uh, aspect in your work because there's always going to be a, some person you know someone somewhere in love wanting to be in love coming out of a relationship and that again just makes those characters that much relatable more relatable or real but in my work i do focus more on either war style fantasy or just that general adventure fantasy where it would be rather hard to really get deep into a budding romance i kind of more i'm more of a action uh, person and likes I like those battle scenes than uh, a romance romantic scene yeah no that's cool I um I find that well as a writer the the battle scenes and the magic scenes um were the the element of of writing fantasy uh that I found the most challenging um having to write a choreographed fight scene um <laughs> was like actually it it stumped me so badly that i put the book down for about a year thinking i would never go back to it 
Um, whereas the romance scenes and the the more the character moments and stuff like that, that stuff came really easy to me. Um, and the reason why the, the only reason my um, my series actually came out was because fortunately I had met James Reed and he wrote really good battles. And I said, dude, I need your help because I will never be able to get this book out if <laughs> I am left to my own devices to try and write uh, choreographed battles. Uh, and it always blows my mind. Uh, seriously, when I read some of these books that, that have these brilliant, awesome uh, battle sequences, you know, aerial battles and uh, fights and, and martial arts and stuff like that, because, you know, it's just something that I've, I've never tried. I have not written one battle scene in any of my books. Um, and uh, it's just something that I've admitted I don't think I do very well. I mean, everybody has a weak spot, and I'm kind of the opposite. With, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, writing a good romantic scene is more challenging for me for whatever reason. But uh, no, action scenes always just seem to come real easy, and maybe that's just because I've seen enough, read enough. Uh, also, I'm one of those odd collectors of kind of recreation uh, medieval memorabilia so you know if i want to see how you handle a sword i'll pick it off my wall and swing it around hopefully not knocking down a vase or anything but how often does that happen be honest uh, uh I, get, I get close every so often i will admit i just checking <laughs> yeah i did axe throwing once I love um, that. You, have you ever done that have you either of you guys ever done axe throwing oh yes i well, actually I um Went to the Highland Games in North Carolina and won a women's competition for that once. Oh, wow! Damn. So I don't, I don't feel so special anymore. <laughs> um, I was at a at a farm with my kids and it was the weirdest thing. And they they um, it was they had like real axe throwing with with you know they had like the bales of hay set up with the targets and they had these giant hatchets. And of course, it was a couple of years ago and my kids were a little bit younger. And of course, Daddy wanted to show out offer for the kids, and uh, I actually hit a bullseye, but I also nicked my back with the hatchet. Because <laughs> well, about to ask how you hurt yourself, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And of, and of course, I, I I acted like it didn't happen, and everything was totally fine, and I was great. They were, oh my God, you got a bullseye, and I'm like, I'm in pain right now. And I was <laughs> I was trying so hard to just sort of walk it off, shrug it off. I don't think I told them until like two weeks later. Oh, remember when we were doing that axe throwing? I actually cut my back enough that it bled. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's my experience with weapons. <laughs> yeah, that is a very unfortunate experience, I will have to admit. Thankfully, I've not dealt with that. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. So um, let's get to the, the real questions because, you know, these are, are you know, like I said, the more standard sort of interview questions. It's always cool to know about authors and to know, um, you know, about their writing rituals and stuff. But it's even cooler to know this type of stuff. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna lay on the questions. Jake, did you want to start? Okay. Yeah. All right. So I feel like I've asked this one to our guests before, but I feel like it's it'll be a good one to ask you because you apparently have some experience uh, wielding weapons. Um, but if you were ever attacked by a never-ending swarm of toddlers, how many could you take down before being overwhelmed? 
Oh, how many take down? Well, are they screaming? Because screaming toddlers are, I think that would be more distracting than like the quiet ones. <laughs> I, I think my experience with toddlers would have to say that, yes, they're screaming. Oh, my. Okay. If I have a swarm of toddlers, no <laughs> morality and emotion. Yeah, yeah, the, the, counter. No <laughs> Just this is a this is a this is a stack. non-judgment zone. How many of these non-judgment things? Okay, toddlers. Well, toddlers can be fashion fast, and they do cling on a person. I would say, I don't know. I I feel confident I would be in the twenties, maybe thirties. Wow, but okay. I just don't know how fast they are, and yeah. you know. <laughs> that's like I, I will whole, tell you that's the last like whole time. Backs against the wall, or if yeah. I'm surrounded, you know, there are a couple of things I would have to consider. Are they jumping, you know, rolling off of beds, jumping on me? You know, I don't know. I'm all sure, this. some of them are. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll we'll put you in an open field, so they don't have like a uh, landscape to use. Okay, I, I could say I could probably, if they're running at me, most likely they won't hit me at the same time. So I could say I could probably in the twenties. All right, in the twenties. Mark this down. That's the title of this episode. I could take 20 toddlers. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. I With a weapon. Real quick. Let me uh, rename this folder. In a, uh, just give me one second. Uh, Michael, you ask your next question. All right. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So this is, I don't know. It's slightly outdated just because uh, the world is in everybody. Every, every portion of the world is in a different state of flux right now when it comes to the pandemic. And it looks to some degree, like uh, most people seem to be going back to normal. Um, but I'll ask this question anyway, just because I like it. Um, Catherine, do you have a dog? I do. Okay, cool. Um, if you were out walking your dog and you came across a spiky looking coronavirus shaped dog toy, would you A, pick it up and throw it to the dog to play fetch, B, scream and run away, or C, casually move away from it and explain to your dog the importance of social distancing oh i mean i feel i would be c though i'm not sure my dog Allie would appreciate the social distance lecture yet again she's a very friendly dog so she would be very disappointed about being veered away from anything that she finds of interest yeah have you ever tried to like you know kind of do the like when you're I know because I have a dog and I'm out walking the dog and my dog wants to get right in there with just about any other dog that he comes across. Have you kind of done that thing where you've kind of said, uh-uh, no, we're not going too close to this person. It's social distancing. <laughs> I've never used the term social distancing, but I will probably start using it because, you know, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Canine distancing. Right, right, right. Okay, so good. That was the answer that that I was hoping that you would choose and the one that i classify as the right answer so <laughs> we're doing well okay did you did you manage to change that folder name yeah, yeah i got the folder for the episode right. changed to uh so yeah I, I believe i changed it to uh yes i could take 20 toddlers with a weapon awesome i like it that's today's episode all right so your, uh your question yes so uh my next question uh without any real context can you describe to us your favorite meme format. My favorite meme format. Yeah. Okay. Without any context? Well, you can give some context, but like 
before you give context, just like what's the meme? Okay. I'm still I'm still a little confused with this question. Can you give me examples on your own and then I'll All right, come so back. like uh, it could be like, all right, so imagine there's a guy holding a uh, finger to his forehead saying, if you don't do blank, you don't have to do blank. Oh, okay. It's okay. like, describe what the meme looks like, and then you can explain it to us. Okay, or if it's just the Rick roll, just say the Rick roll. Like, that's fine, too. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. This one, this one, like, harder for me than expected. It's like... Right. That's good. That means I'm doing oh, my so job of like, creating I content. I get it. I, I was a bit... So it's like that that one with, like, I think it's Kenny Rogers, where he says... I don't always do this, but when I do this, I do it like yes, whatever. That's a meme. There you go, job, okay, Michael. With you. See, I wasn't expecting you to get it because you're in what your fifties. <laughs> Please, that okay? That I'm kidding. You, that I know put, you're only that puts you in your mid forties then. Yeah, I know. I feel like it some days. I really, I don't know if I have one. Okay. I have to say, I don't know if I'm that big of a memer. Well, that's fair. Like, if you spend time like on it, the internet, I like, I like moving visuals, but a meme, I really don't know if I have one. I think nowadays, like a video can be a meme. Like the Rick Roll is very much a meme. Okay, okay. But so if for, there's like, yeah, like a video format you like, like, I don't know. For me, sometimes it's like the that, question gets good answers. For me, it's like that one where there's this dude and he's like looking at a girl and then. His girlfriend is looking his at girlfriend him. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, a very that's popular a one. one. <laughs> yeah, like I've seen that used really well for certain things, although it it gets a little bit old sometimes. That's memes. Um, you need to have a game. What's your meme? If you've never played it, it is now a board game. Oh, oh wow. yeah, I haven't played it yet, but I did actually just buy that the other day. Uh, what do you meme or something like that? I think. Okay, I think now I remember one. There's one format, and it doesn't really. I don't, the one I usually see, it doesn't have words. So do That's I fine. describe the vision? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It <laughs> Sorry, is I'm just making one it hard. Kermit looking at like Darth Kermit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. Exactly oh. what you're talking about. It's I like your evil side telling you to do something you shouldn't do, right? Yeah. Like I shouldn't eat those brownies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that Constantine dude from The Muppets Most Wanted. With the is real that, is Kermit. that evil Kermit's name, Constantine? Yeah, it is. I, love I haven't that. seen I, up its most wanted. I have, I have a, uh, I have a seven-year-old, and I almost forgot their ages. I have, <laughs> I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, and that movie came out like, I don't know, about three years ago. So ah, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Muppets, yeah. Muppet movies are really big in my family. That's hey, hard. Muppet movies were big in my family. I don't know. I was. They're big. big they were big in my family, and I'm actually really happy that that's one thing that I was able to kind of bring from my generation and share with my kids and my kids also love the Muppets. So yeah. Muppet trivia. I got you on that one. I can't remember what commercial it is, but there's a commercial that I just noted recently and it was uh, the ladies like calling and it's like, I have an animal problem in the attic and it's animal banging on the drums, screaming animal. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um Good. I think they canceled the guy that would walk on the screen with the dynamite and blow everything up. Yeah, probably. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, he's been. I haven't seen him lately, but uh, Crazy Harry, I think his name was. <laughs> Crazy Harry, um, you got it. Was that it? Or did you look it up? Did you I, I looked up thing? Muppets dynamite character. Crazy <laughs> Harry popped up. Dude, you do that fast. 
Yeah, I was I got the that Google flu, man. That was super fast. It didn't even cause a lull in my in my <laughs> important conversation or anything. Um, so okay, I have a question. Um, I did have a question. I'm gonna do this one. Okay, we're gonna get back to your dog just because I, I forgot the other question, but I remembered <laughs> this one. Um, what is one thing like if your dog could talk? What is one thing that your dog would be able to say about you that would totally ruin your reputation? Hmm. Let me see what my dog would say that would ruin my reputation. Yeah, well, well, my goodness, these are good questions. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm trying to get into Allie's mindset. And what would she think would ruin my reputation? This is really sneaky, Michael, getting her to admit something that would ruin her reputation. <laughs> But what, what, what? But it's a dog's mind. What in a dog's mind would ruin my reputation? Well, we don't have to assume that your dog is like. We're assuming that your dog is like super smart and is like, like anthropomorphic, kind of like the characters that I write about. So it's like a dog that gets things, and just all of a sudden you find out that your dog gets everything the way a human would get something, and they start talking, and then they say, "Okay, well." This is what I know. I'm going to ruin your reputation. You know what I mean? You don't have to have them thinking like a dog necessarily. Okay. But now you're asking me to say something that might ruin yeah, my that's... reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Time to confess your sin. I feel like this is a trick here. Hold on, Jenkins. Wasn't this your question last week? No. The question I ask is, tell us about your guilty pleasure. <laughs> oh, we're going to do that one after. Okay, but let's start okay. with this one. My goodness, my reputation. Okay. Um, you, you're allowed to lie. I'm giving you permission to lie. Yeah, me too. You don't have to actually tell us. Something okay. Horrible. As much as I love writing, writing these uh, very strong warrior type women, I honestly consider that you know if I got into a, a crisis mode, I would be a person that would freeze up. So my my dog would probably call me out for not being as a uh, as, I don't know if I can swear on this, so... Uh, oh, no, as much as you fucking want. Uh, not as, not as badass as um, that I portray sometimes, all right? I, I, talk, I talk big a lot of times, but that doesn't mean I pin out that way all the time. So what you're saying is it might not be 20 toddlers. And, well, okay, fair. <laughs> Just because I think so. They're not changing they the answer. They were running and screaming but... at me. And okay. That is a fair thing. That may be a, That is a fair assessment. Cool. Okay, so um, first of all, as for swearing, all I the only thing I have to say about that is listen to the intro. Okay. <laughs> listen to any of our listen to any of our episodes, and you will answer that question for yourself. Fair um, enough. I I sometimes don't swear as much in front of the guests because I'm not sure how they feel about it. Like I've had a couple of guests that have just been like, you know, I I don't think this person has ever sworn in their life, and I don't feel comfortable dropping F-bombs every five seconds like I do during the intro. Um, he calls but, me horrible things when the guests aren't around. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you, we, do you want to go with that guilty pleasure question? You want to yeah, yeah. One? So the, I'll, I'll do this one. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I don't, don't actually like the term guilty pleasure, but it's the easiest way to, like, help people understand what I mean. But what is that thing that you, like, unironically just completely love – that other people might kind of judge you harshly for liking? Oh, well, okay. I know one for sure is um, during 
during like the holiday season, I am one of those people that will start binge watching all those cheesy, corny, like, I don't know, the like, same the, plot style holiday movies over like and all over. the Lifetime I movies? I can't stop. I can't stop. They, I, I, they're not great, but I just can't stop. <laughs> like the, like the, this is the cold hearted uh, executive woman from the city that has to go to the small town. Yes, and she exactly. meets the handsome guy exactly. that owns the and Christmas tree. Okay. From, yeah. Yes, yes, those things. And I, they're the same plot, and I understand it, and it's just a hundred different actors doing the same thing, but I can't stop just rolling those movies back to back to back. I know it, it may annoy some people or make them cringe. But so we're not talking about, like, one of mine. We're not talking about, like, classic Christmas movies. Oh, like no, Christmas. we're talking about, like, I mean, I'll watch those, like the, too. Like the Hallmark I Christmas movies? I watch classic, classic Christmas movies, but, yeah, I'm definitely talking about, I can't even think of the Hallmark Channel-style movies that I'll just nonstop put on the channel during the season. Yeah, but the holiday season does that to you, though. Um, I find, like, I find I watch, like, a lot of stuff that during that time, um that I wouldn't watch or that I wouldn't think about, like, you know, it, it, I think there's something about the sentimentality of that time that generally does make you think that way. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen the type of movies you're talking about, um, but I don't do definitely, <laughs> I, I, I definitely watch some cheesy shit during the holidays. Well, it's uh, definitely cheesy. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, I'm going to go a little bit, more um philosophical with this one maybe maybe not not as out there but uh if you could have a drink with any celebrity living or dead who would it be and why Ooh, ooh i like this one okay so i have an answer to this one i would um definitely have a whole list of these people um <laughs> the top one though i would go way way back i was super fascinated with egyptology when i was growing up so much so that if you had a visual, I have a life-size cutting common sarcophagus in my house. Um, oh, wow. But going back, yeah, going back, um, I was super fascinated by this pharaoh, Hatshepsut, because she was the only female pharaoh ever in history. She wore the male garb, the fake beard and everything, ruled with a relatively, I guess, iron fist. And um, I just found her... A, super uh, interesting as a historical figure so i would definitely have a drink or two with her awesome i'm not sure what they were drinking back then but uh, probably some kind of honey fermentation mead yeah i would assume sounds a bit right maybe a wine of some sorts <laughs> cool awesome that's the definitely the first time we've heard anything even close to that yeah answer. that's a good one hey guess what michael you love this i had to google it Ancient Egyptians drank beer. Oh, see, they, there you go. Did they really? Yeah. Beer was oh, the most well, common drink in ancient Egypt. I would I would have then she would have been definitely cool to to hang out with myself. I, I put me there. I'd love to have a drink with her. Yeah. Beer, wine, and occasionally fruit juice and milk. I'd so. love to have a drink with anyone though. It's not really a fair <laughs> Yeah, you just like okay, drinking. You know. <laughs> not really a fair statement. Do we have any do we have any more questions? Um so I asked my three, but I'll ask the, I asked this one every episode. Uh I just have to know what are your thoughts on fruit on pizza? 
fruit on pizza. Well, d- do you consider a tomato a fruit? Uh, I mean, if you yeah. A tomato but... a fruit. I'm okay with it. If you're asking about pineapple, I will have to pass. All right. <laughs> there you go. So we've we've been talking about this a lot on the show, probably a little bit too much. Um, no. Jason's likes is okay with. He's okay with with pineapple on pizza. I think in general. Um, I thought that I was not okay with pineapple on pizza, and what I realized um, as we talked is that the combination of pineapple and tomato sauce doesn't work for me. But I think if you were to put pineapple on a pizza with a different base, like a barbecue sauce or one of those an Alfredo white, sauce, yeah, yeah. like yeah. or a white sauce, I would probably mm-hmm. be okay with it. And I consider that a win because I'm slowly turning Michael to my side. <laughs> well, I am a person. I, well, I have food allergies, so as long as it doesn't kill me, I will try it once, mm. at the very least. I will try it once at the very least before I totally write it off. But if you're going off the cuff, I kind of makes me shudder thinking about pineapples on pizza. Yeah, I mean that's the safe answer, so I'll give it to you. <laughs> okay, I got one more, except I'm going to change it. I um I actually I'm I'm changing. My original question was, in a zombie apocalypse, who would last the longest, a sheep or Tony Bennett? Um, but I saw William Shatner interview today. Did you know that William Shatner was going to space? Oh, no. I mean, no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, so he's doing the, the whole uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos yeah. thing and, uh, and going to space as one of his, like, bucket list things. Dude is 90 years old. You've got to look up a 2021 interview with William Shatner. It's unreal. Now he's like, not 90. That's impossible. I'm looking at him right 90, now. He is 90, man. Honestly, look it up. He is 90 years old. Holy crap. He, he hasn't changed since he was like 58. Like, I looked at him and I'm like, okay, well, if, if he was doing Star Trek Generations, like, tomorrow, he would still, like... Patrick Stewart's like 10 years younger than him, and he looks like 20 years older. He is 90. That is. <laughs> no, that, that, one, that one. You guys just could have just believed me. Come on. Why would I make that well, shit up? I'm sorry. I'm like, I not that, Michael, I believe like you, you said believe he doesn't it look true. it at all. No. So I'm going to ask this question. In a zombie apocalypse, who would be the last one standing? A sheep or William Shatner? Hmm. Again, need to know what type of zombies are these zombies? Because I was like, there are zombie movies that only go after humans, which, you know, it's odd to me. But I mean, if you're going through the type that goes after anything moving, I would say Shatner would live. If you're <laughs> what if it was um, a shift? What if it was a shifter sheep? A shifter sheep. OK, if it's a shifter sheep, then the sheep's going, depending on what he can shift in. Uh, I would say the sheep would live the longest just because you could shift out into a different shape, form, animal, and probably evade the groping of the uh, zombie or zombies. So yes, it depends. Right. Okay. So we'll give it a we'll give it an even tie um, between Shatner and. Okay, we got it. And you might want to make the, a note of this on your folder too, Jenkins. Uh-huh. If we don't want to want to do the toddler thing, we can also say sheep or Shatner. <laughs> for Shatner. Shatner. Right? Because they both start with S H. That's alliteration, it's true. I, I'm I'm oh, I'm clever with the linguistics. That's my thing. Um Catherine, where can we find you on the internet? 
Okay, well, I am, as of the fact that all the media is back up and running, I am on pretty much most social media, not on TikTok yet. You can find me under um, Catherine E.Y. Bell or Catherine Y. Bell, respectively, on depending on um, which social media platform. I also have a website, and I'll spell that out because my name is unusual, and that is www.catherineybellbooks.com, and my name spells K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, and my last name is W, I's in ink, V as in boy, E-L-L, so catherineybellbooks.com. Awesome. So everybody uh, listening, uh, make sure you check out Catherine's awesome, uh, it's a quadrilogy, correct? Yes, it is. Check out Catherine's Incarn Saga Quadrilogy. Um, if you like fantasy, if you like action, if you like shifters, you will find it in this series. Any last words, Catherine, before we uh, say goodnight for the evening? Um, say goodnight um, for the evening. Goodnight for the evening? Does that even no, make guess, sense, uh, what I just uh, said? Yes, <laughs> but it is a little, uh, like, a good edit to be good for that sentence. Chop yeah, it down fine. a little bit. It's fine. Now I was going to say, um, anybody who, again, who's interested in my work, like I said, I write in different age brackets, young adult, new adult, and adult. And though my uh, focal points of what kind of mythos I pull from vary depending on the series. Again, if you're a person who's interested in just high fantasy, um, check out my works, the Incon Saga, or any of my other series. Awesome. Well, Catherine, it was great having you on the show. Thank you. I loved it. Though I want to say some of your questions were definitely head scratchers. Right, well, we got getting, more. We're getting better at it, Michael. Yeah. We, <laughs> we'll have, we'll have, uh, I have a, a hundred websites that I've, I've devoted to, to these questions. So I'll be able to keep this going for the rest of my life. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was great having you, like I said, on the show and, uh, all the best with, uh, your current series, future series, and uh, all your writing endeavors. Thank you so much. I loved being here. That was Catherine Weibel. Um, She was a great guest. Yeah, that was fun. She had some good answers. I I was like when they, I mean, I'm, I'm a little disappointed she doesn't like the thought of pineapple on pizza. But she had great answers for everything else, so I'm gonna forgive it. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, all uh, all further the fact that yeah, it's always fun when a guest is uh, is able to uh, have fun with the questions and not take themselves too seriously. Yeah, you know we and don't. That was really so. good. So um, fortunately for Cliff or uh, Clint, uh, it doesn't look like we will be taking any any more extended breaks. Uh, nope. we have a lot of shows lined up and a lot of guests and a lot of talk about movies and shit that hopefully will keep you entertained. Yeah. I, I think we have uh, enough lined up. that will be good for a while. Uh, I just want to shout out. Hey, thanks to everyone that's been listening. Um, I see our analytics. I see that there are people that keep coming back. So thank you for that. It helps motivate us to keep us going. Uh, if you like what you hear and please tell your, tell a friend. Leave a review for us. That would be so awesome. But just the fact that you're listening means a lot to me. So thank you. Yeah. And I'll um I'll one up that and say it's uh yeah, it's always a lot of fun. 
Uh, feedback is great. It's I like to know that I can make somebody laugh or brighten up somebody's day, um, usually at my own expense. <laughs> so, um, but seriously, no, it's uh, life can be heavy, and uh, and especially over the last two years, it can be it can be hard. So if we're if we're giving you an outlet to to um, have some of that kind of like mindless zoning out time or uh, just giving you a laugh, then uh, we're really happy about that. Yeah. Anyway, I don't so I think, think I have any it. news. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, do you want to say goodbye to everybody, Michael? Yeah. So uh, everybody have a great week. We will see you on. Uh, oh, we've got. Uh, oh, we got a great guest on Monday, Ryan Meyer. Uh, okay. Who is? Yeah, he's a really he's a great dude, um, and uh, he's written a couple of really great fantasy books, and he's about to release a third. Um, mm-hmm. And he's also a podcaster. Oh, okay. So he can tell us everything we're doing wrong. That'll be fun. He can tell us everything we're doing wrong. Actually, he's, yeah. he's really cool, and he's been looking forward to coming on the show since we awesome. said that we were uh, coming back. And he's actually listened to a few of the episodes and awesome. uh, has said that he really enjoys it. So I think it'll be a fun one because he kind of knows what to expect. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of our guests have known so far. It's just like, hey, pineapple, yes, no. And they go, ah! So. <laughs> anyway, good night, guys. Yeah, hey. Go read a book.